Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. So that's a few things in my heart I wanted to talk about this morning, and uh, uh, I'll just say up front, you know, um, uh, you know, as, as a minister, when you get up to speak, no matter who you are, you don't always say things just right. I don't know if you ever noticed that before. Sometimes things don't come out exactly right. And, and uh, this morning, I'm trusting God to help me to, uh, uh, to say everything that I need to say and uh, uh, trusting that he will help me as I speak. And we've had a crazy week this last week. We've, we've had a crazy week this last week. And uh, uh, I wish Pastor were here because he's the pastor of the church. It would be best to hear from him. But they're in California, so you get to hear me. And um, I didn't want to just uh, skip over things and, and not talk about anything just because it would have seemed a little odd. I was talking to a friend of mine uh, yesterday. He called me and I said, you know, uh, debating on what to do, just kind of checking my heart exactly what to say, how much to say. And if I say nothing, you know, my uh, silence could be deafening uh, because people know that I was there. Uh, the very fact that I was in Washington uh, 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 shed some, some people have some thoughts, some concerns, some different things about it. And so just want to give you a few updates on a few things, kind of tell you what, what, uh, uh, what I saw, what was going on. Like I said, I uh, wish pastor were here to clarify other things and th- anything this morning I say incorrectly, he'll fix it next week. So come back next week and, and I'll, I'll take my lumps if necessary. And, uh, I'm fine with that. But, um, uh, like I said, I was there, uh, this past week and, uh, we left Thursday uh, to head up to, uh, to Washington, a 12 hour drive. And of course it's like any drive on when you're headed that way, those in the car with me, my children and, uh, Carson, what did I say? Tuesday, Tuesday was up there. Uh, as soon as we got in the car, they all went to sleep. And so I had a nice 12, almost 12 hours to myself. Uh, I don't know how you can sleep that long in a car, but they found a way. And, uh, for most of the trip, so we got there uh, Tuesday, uh, late afternoon, early evening, went and had some really good Thai food. It was wonderful, uh, prepared for the morning, and uh, went on into the city into the morning. Of course, you know, some people might say, why did I go? Well, you know, uh, to be perfectly frank, it was my uh, right to be able to go. And uh, I've had people ask me, you know, with, with everything that happened, would you still go? I probably would still have gone, uh, and I'll tell you why in a minute. Um, probably would still have gone and, and don't regret going, but... Obviously, it was within my uh, right to go, and, and the president had a right to have a rally. Um, I know there are differences of opinions on, on whether or not he should, and, and you know, I don't want to get into that, but uh, constitutionally, he had a right to do it and had the right to be there. But I do want to let you know uh, that your associate pastor did not breach the Capitol. Uh, I was not involved in that. Um, you know, we, we showed up at the rally. We got there really early in the morning, and and, uh, of course, you know, being Floridians and thinking how cold it's going to be, being outside for hours on end, I didn't dress completely appropriate uh, because it was very windy. So I paid the price for that throughout the day. But we got there really early and uh, were there uh, for uh, to hear the different speakers who were there. And uh, we were relatively close uh, up to the front. So whenever the, the crowd turned to head towards the Capitol, we were kind of far back in the crowds. So we tried to make our way up as quick as we could. Uh, but with that many people, it was a little difficult to do. But I will tell you, when we got there, you know, I had posted some pictures online and different things and uh, uh, about it. And I will say, um, maybe it was naive on my part, but none of those pictures were intended to be political in any sense. Uh, pictures of my kids and then pictures of 
what I consider to be one of the most iconic buildings in the world, up there with the uh, uh, Eiffel Tower and different ones. Everybody knows what it is. And uh, so, but it, you know, obviously may have been a little naive on my part that uh, might not have been seen that way, but it wasn't intentional. So if that offended anybody, well, I apologize for that. It wasn't my intention. But um, uh, took, we made our way to the Capitol. And I can tell you, I know what the news, uh, news reports, I've seen the videos, and I know many of us have questions about the videos, and I can't tell you who's in them, who's not in them. I have no idea because I wasn't there. I was there, but I wasn't there, and I have no idea what all was involved, have no clue. Uh, when we got to the Capitol, uh, there were a lot of people up close and uh, couldn't really tell anything that was going on. Of course, we had no cell signal, no service, and... and uh, Every now and then a text would come through from somebody, to maybe to one of us. Um, I didn't get any till later in the day. At one point we got a text that, uh, you know, are you okay? Are y'all safe? One of, the, one of my boys got a text, are you guys okay? Are you safe? Uh, because there's something going on at the Capitol. Somebody's broke into the Capitol. There's been shots fired. And we're looking around like, what? I mean, there's people. And, and, and I will say, you know, there were people there that were frustrated, uh, that are frustrated with things that have gone on. You know, as just a side note, when people aren't heard, they get frustrated. I said when people aren't heard, they get frustrated. But we have to understand that goes on every single issue that's out there. When people aren't heard, people get frustrated. And there are people that try to manipulate said frustration. Uh, and we not need to fall part of that or use that or fall in line with manipulation of those things. But, you know, when people aren't heard, no matter what the topic is, people get frustrated. You know, I think it's important for us as believers to make sure that we hear people because if we can't hear them, they're not going to hear us. Amen. And, um, you know, so I know we've had a lot of things in 2020 that have gone on and, and a lot of things that have been said and, and, and there's been manipulation of things on all fronts and in all different areas. A lot of people have taken advantage of people's frustration and, uh, we can, we can all admit that it's been there, uh, but we need to hear people as well. Uh, you know, hear their frustrations. You know, it's hard to, uh, to put yourself in somebody else's shoe unless you've been there. You know, what is the saying? You know, walk a mile in, in somebody's shoe or whatever. And, and, you know, people are facing different things and things are going on. And just because we can't see it doesn't mean it's not happening. And or, me, or means that it hasn't happened or that something should be addressed about it, something should be done. And I think it's important that we, we keep an open mind about these things. But, but you know, we, we make sure that we resist the temptation that's in the world to to just go buck wild and, and, and to take things places they ought not go. Uh, but having said that, you know, we, we got to the, um, uh, you know, we got the text and um, uh, different people, you know, are you guys okay? And of course, you know, we're looking around and there was a family next to us from, um, uh, that was from Connecticut. They were there, had a mom and dad and their three kids. And, and we're looking around, you know, cause I'd, I'd read it and I told, read it to them and, uh, you know, and they're like, you know, looking around like, what are they talking about? We seen, there's nothing going on here that we can see. And of course, you know, we couldn't get signal out to, to put in a response or to ask any questions about what's going on. And then a few minutes later, we get an update, kind of an Amber alert on some of our phones, not all of them, that uh, the Capitol was being put on a curfew at 6 p.m. Still, we're wondering what's going on. There's a lot of people, but we could see nothing happening uh, that was out of the ordinary, nothing violent. Um, like I said, there were frustrated people around, but the majority of people were not frustrated from the sense of, of anger, you know, so much we had, we, we, there were a lot of that, but, um, there was also a lot of people praying together that we saw. There were people singing, you know, patriotic songs, you know, so obviously we have seen the news since we got home and, and, uh, I, I'd put a post up, you know, that, Hey, we've, we're safe, you know, nothing's going on here. And, 
And uh, I guess I made an assumption that nothing was going on because I couldn't see it. I figured being there, I had a good perspective, but I wasn't in the Capitol, so I didn't know what was going on in the Capitol or on the the other side of the Capitol. And uh, like I said, I still don't know. We all have opinions about that. And how many know that our opinions don't necessarily mean we're right? And that goes on both sides or all of the, of the, of any of these issues. But, um, uh, we were safe. Thank God made our way out. Never once were in any kind of danger. Never once sensed any danger. Uh, the only danger, you know, that we sensed was from the uh, possibility of frostbite because we were extremely cold at that point. And we stuck around for a little while to kind of see what was going on. And, and, uh, there was a, a guy up on a, a piece of scaffolding or a, it looked like a TV tower, uh, that was set up in front of the, the mall side of the Capitol that was on a megaphone urging people to come forward. And if I had to pick him out in a lineup, I couldn't do it. Uh, but we got close enough to hear what he was saying. And he was saying things like, if you don't come forward, they're going to push us back. And we're asking, who's going to push us back? What are, what are you talking about? So we stayed for a few minutes after that and just kind of took in the scene. And then, uh, and then we left. But um, made our way back. Got, uh, we drove for about five hours uh, Wednesday evening after leaving D.C., uh, spent the night and then came the rest of the way home. Uh, but we had to, we, you know, like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm not uh, upset that I went and probably would go again if the situation were to arise just to take it in to see what was happening for nothing else to know what was going on. Uh, you may think that's wrong, but, but uh, you're, you're entitled to that opinion. But uh, uh, I'm safe and everything's good. So uh, there's a few things that uh, I want to talk about to you this morning about, uh, well, first off, let me just let's say, you know, we've been doing a lot of praying around here and a lot of things that we've been praying and, and were we right to pray? Let's look over at first Timothy, the second chapter, first Timothy chapter two, have we been correct to pray? Like I said, you know, I may not say everything perfectly this morning. I ask that you bear with me, but be also believe in God with me, uh, that, uh, I say what needs to be said and, and, um, that we say the right things would be, that would be a help to be believing God with me. But in first Timothy, the uh, second chapter scripture that's been read around here a lot. Now you might be wondering, you talk about this all morning. No, I'm not, but a few things I want to look at in first Timothy chapter two in the first verse, it says, therefore I exert first of all that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men, for Kings and all who are in authority that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and reverence, or dignity, for this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who desires all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. And so, you know, we have instruction to pray for those in, in authority, those in leadership. I like one translation that says those in positions of influence. You know, we have people in positions of influence aren't just necessarily elected officials, but how I many of you carry influence? They need your prayers. Anyone who's in a position that carries influence, especially on a large scale over with people, they should be praying. Their should, prayer should be offered up. How I many know that includes the church as well? Your leaders in the church and, and leaders across the country, leaders in the nation on the national level, the state level, they need our prayers because without prayer, then, then there's not tremendous power being, being made available. So it is scriptural to pray, and uh, it's a vital thing that we pray. And uh, I will say this, you know, we've been in a season of prayer about the specific uh, election that's come up and, and, uh, and uh, everything that's happened. And, and you know what? This season, like all seasons, pass. But our prayer for the nation should not pass. Our prayer for our leaders should not pass. It should continue no matter, no matter who it is or what's going on. This, is, this was not a, 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 a scripture that Paul wrote to Timothy, inspired by the Holy Ghost, only when you get stirred up. 
only when there's something on the line for you, only when there's something that you think is really important. This is instruction for the church, for that we do this for all men. You can say at all times, no matter what's going on. And really, uh, you know, the, the, I would say this, and I think many, many of you would have to agree, as a whole, uh, the church has not done enough praying as we should. Over the years, there's not been enough prayer along this line as there should have been. And I mean, no, that's nobody's fault but our own, and we have to own those things. But then owning it is one thing, endeavoring to not do it again is something else. And, and so when we see a mistake, we can see things that, that, um, uh, uh, that uh, results of a lack of prayer, uh, we should endeavor then to, to make a commitment. We're not going to let this happen again. We're going to pick things up and pray. And I know Brother Hagen has said we're concerning uh, government and, and, and different things like this. You know, sometimes praying for government, you know, government is big. A government is as extensive as uh, uh, fingers and, and reach in all different areas and many people in different positions and, and lots of layers of government. Well, you know, sometimes it takes time in prayer to change things. It's not something you, get, you sit down and, and we've got a month before this or a month before that. Let's spend some time praying. And, and the, yes, we're making tremendous power available, but, uh, you know, it, sometimes it requires more than that than just a season. When it comes to this, this should be a lifestyle of prayer. There should be a lifestyle of prayer on our part of the church to pray for those who are in authority on all levels, on both sides of the aisle and the third side of the aisle, whatever side of the aisle that there is, there ought to be continually prayers being made for that because if we don't, no power is being made available without it. And, you know, uh, uh, is there power in government? Yes, there is. Is there power in opinion? Yes, there is. But there's no greater power than the power of the church praying in faith, being led by the Spirit of God. There's no greater power than that than when the church simply does what the Lord has instructed us to do because it is good in His sight. It is good and acceptable. And the end result is He desires all men to come to the knowledge of the truth. And so all of these things line up together. Our praying is vital. So the praying we've been doing, has it been important? It's been very important. I'm thankful that we've done it, and, I, and I'm hopeful that we've learned some lessons. And I say we, myself included, uh, learned some lessons as far as the future goes and future uh, events of this nature in our, in our nation and in our lives, but in really in all areas of life that we pay attention. How I many you know in, in the life of faith, there are no days off? There are no days off in the life of faith. The Bible says the just shall live by faith. It's something I've talked about a lot about here lately, about different aspects of this, living by faith. The just shall live by faith. It wasn't a suggestion. It was a commandment, but it was also not just a temporary thing. It's, it's a lifestyle. Living by something is a lifestyle. It is a part of who you are. It's a part of what you do. It's not, it's not something separate than you're getting up, you're eating, you're sleeping, you're going to work. It's a part of all of those things. And really, prayer and, and living by faith and putting these things into practice, like I said, they empower our getting up, our, our eating, our going to work. Our, 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 they, they influence and dictate the mundane areas of our life. They empower them or the lack of them dispowers them, Right? We can do, there are things you can do in power, but without power, in power, in the power of God, in the power of the spirit is better than in any other area. So we've been instructed to pray and in this area as well. So it's very, very vital to do it. And like I said, you know, a, a prayer is vital and, 
And I just want to, as a church, you know, Pastor and Pastor Andrew, they're not here, and I'm the associate pastor, but they're the senior pastors. It's important we're praying for our pastors. You know, this year, 2020, and you might say, well, you know, you may, maybe there's things that you've not been happy with, and, 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 and I, I understand that, but I just want to point this out. We've had a year that we have never seen before. Now, I've been around for 46 years. I know that's not long. Some of you have probably been around, been around longer than me, but in 46 years, I've never seen a 2020. I mean, I've never seen any of this. The number and the stuff that went on, never seen any of it. Uh, uh, in fact, I've, I've only heard of things like this that have gone on. I've never seen it. And be quite honest with you, I didn't even think some of this stuff was even possible. I mean, that's stuff that happened way back then. That can't happen now. There's things that have gone on that I've just scratched my head throughout the year, you know, and just been like, I just can't believe this. Well, you know, when you're, you're, why do we pray for our leaders? Because they're also facing the same thing. The leaders in, a, in government, they're facing things in 2020 that have never been faced before. There, there are things approaching them they've never seen before. There are obstacles and, and things going on, so they need our prayers. Well, uh, the, our churches need prayers as well. And, um, you know, uh, this is not a, a, any, by any means to say feel sorry for Pastor or Pastor Andrew or myself, Amy, uh, any of us. No, don't feel sorry for us. But I would ask that you continue to pray for us because we need it. Um, you know... Uh, there was one perfect man. His name was Jesus. And since then, there's not been another. And uh, you know what they did to him. And uh, uh, I am not qualified for any of that. So it would do us no good if that happened. So um, I'm endeavoring to live right and do the best I can, but I'll never be at that place. And, and uh, you know, it's just, it's, um, we, we ought to be aware of that as well. Praying for our leaders is important. And, you know, and in, in, in even this election cycle that we've had, uh, this has been unlike any other we've seen. Uh, the last four years, six years, eight years have been unprecedented that we've seen in our country. And, and so this is all new territory is what I'm saying for all of us. And so, you know, prayer for us, uh, for, for everybody involved is, is greatly appreciated. But like I said, this season will pass. Amen. One thing I know is true that seasons come and go, but God's word never fails. His faithfulness never, never changes. He is good. He, he is, he was, he is, he was the same. He is the same. He'll always be the same. Amen. If he did it once, he'll do it now. He'll do it again. Right. And so our confidence is in him. Our confidence, our trust is in him. No matter what's going on, our trust is in the Lord. So like I said, I wish pastor were here today to answer some of these things. People say, well, what, what's, what's happening? To tell you the truth, I don't know all what's happening. I don't need to know all the answers. I just know to pray. I just know to obey the word of God. And, and you know, I, some might say, well, this is a, 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 just a, a side comment or just kind of offhanded comment. No, this is not an offhanded comment. Our trust is not in any individual. No matter what side of the spectrum anybody's on, our trust is not and can never be in an individual. Does God use individuals? Yes. But our trust is not in the individual. I hope your trust ain't in me because that's not good. I hope your trust isn't in pastor. I hope your trust isn't in anybody. I hope your trust isn't in your spouse. I hope your trust isn't in yourself. I don't know about you, but I have let myself down once or twice, right? I mean, it's happened. I mean, I saw, I saw uh, uh, somebody put up a meme, you know, on, uh, on, uh, on January 1st, and it was, you know, uh, farewell to all the news, New Year's resolutions. And, and it said, you know, January 1st, I'll start doing this on Monday, you know, because January 1st was, I think, a Friday. And it said, I'll start dieting on Monday. Well, you've already messed up, you know. So we sometimes fail ourselves. I've, I've gotten up in the morning. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go to the gym and, 
And I never went once that day. And the gym never saw me, but when I passed by, we fail ourselves, right? Sometimes we get into things we ought not get into. I'm thankful Wednesday I didn't get anything I shouldn't have gotten into, right? Uh, but, but uh, you know, we, we, people make mistakes. So our, our trust shouldn't be in anybody. Only our trust can be in God. Amen. Our trust can only be in God. And that is something that we've got to maintain and make sure that we're keeping in our attention and in front of us because it's so easy. And, and I've been there myself, right? It's so easy to get our focus on other things. Are there other things to look at? Sure. But our ultimate trust has got to remain in the Lord Jesus Christ. That's a great time for everybody to say amen, right? Our trust must remain in the Lord Jesus Christ. I tell you what, with God on our side, nothing can be against us. Him being for us, nothing can be against us, right? He always causes us to triumph. In the end, we, in the end, we win, amen? No matter what, we, end, we win. I tell you what, I'm so thankful to be on the right side of things, no matter what side we, anybody thinks that is. We can all agree the God side is the right side. If you're in Christ, you're, on, you're in the right team, right? If you're in Christ, you're on the right side. Amen. And we win regardless of what's going on. I'm so thankful for eternity, future. We're going to get to enjoy the goodness of God, and I get, and you get to be a part of that. Amen. And, uh, you know, people say, well, what, what's happened? You know, and there's a lot of different opinions on either side, and, and we're, still, uh, we're still in the season of what's going on because people are sending me messages, and when you've heard about this, I hear all kinds of stuff like you do. What do they mean? I don't know. Who knows what they mean? I don't know, but, but my trust is in the Lord, right? Uh, I ministered a couple Sunday nights ago, I believe a couple Sunday nights ago, and just want to remind you of this, you know, uh, no matter what happens with what we've been doing, listen, I'm not going to talk about this the whole time. I got to hurry. Uh, no matter what happens with the, uh, this season that we've been in, you know, we've been praying the prayer of supplication. We've been believing God that the will of God would be done. I know there are differences of opinion maybe on what that is. And I understand that. Um, but you know, thank God for the Holy ghost, you know, that we can pray and, and I'm, I'm the same as anybody else. We've got to be intentional to make sure that other things don't influence our prayers we start praying with an agenda. And, and we've all done it before. We, and, and if we're not careful, we'll probably all do it again. We should endeavor to not do that. But thank God for the ability to pray in the Spirit, to pray out the perfect will of God. What a gift that it is. Um, but, you know, when you're praying the prayer of supplication in any situation, could be in, uh, in situations like season we've been in or in seasons to come or family or whatever, when you're dealing with uh, people, other people, uh, their wills and what's going on. You know, the prayer of supplication is not the prayer of faith. And um, I talked about this a few Sunday nights ago. I didn't know what week it was. So I looked back on the, uh, on the sermon player online, and it's not there, so I had to find out what happened. It, it didn't make it online, but uh, we'll see if we can put it up. But, uh, you know, we read in, in uh, Hebrews chapter 11 that there were those in faith who did not receive the promise and receive the things that they were believing for, but yet they did it in faith. They were fully convinced of what they were praying for, but it was accounted unto them for righteousness. They received the same uh, witness with God. They pleased God because they did it in faith. And really, when it comes to areas that are not in our control, if we do it according to the will of God and our heart's engaged and we're, we're fully believing God, God will credit to us on the eternal scale. He will credit it to us as if it did work. His will was accomplished. Why? Because we agreed with his will. And so, you know, really, no matter what happens is really, uh, for, for, to be honest, is, is not a concern overall because God will take care of me regardless. And I'm endeavoring to do my part, and I trust you are as well, uh, to be on the right side, being led by the Spirit, 
Uh, now, you say, are you saying which side is right? I'm not saying anything. I'm just saying we need to be on the right side, the God side. Thank God for the Spirit of God to help us to be there and stay there. Amen? You got to be careful how you say everything because I don't want to upset anybody. We want to be on the right side, right? And so thank God for the presence of God, the Spirit of God that will lead us and guide us. I also want to say that uh, no candidate or party is the problem. And no candidate or party is the solution. And this is not just an offhand statement. This is the truth. We've got to be aware of this. People are not our problem. We have an adversary, the devil, that is arrayed against us. Jesus is our answer. Do not lose sight of the fact that Jesus is your answer. Amen? That is the truth. What do we do for now? We keep praying. We continue to make earnest prayer available no matter, what it, no matter what's going on. We continue to do our job, and God is faithful to hear us. Amen? Praise God. Uh, now, I want to just get, kind of get into what I, was, uh, what I want to focus on this morning. I'm going to look and see if there's anything else I jotted down that I want to mention. Praise God. I don't think so. So on the way out of town on, um, uh, on Wednesday evening, leaving town, you know, the, the day, obviously, you know, as we were there at the Capitol, we didn't see anything going on personally, but got uh, further away from the Capitol towards the Metro. And then, of course, texts start coming through. Are you okay? And, uh, you know, seeing different things that have gone on throughout the day online. And so I'm, you know, trying to get my frozen hands working and my fat fingers were hitting a whole lot of wrong buttons and frustrated having to redo stuff over and over and over again. And so, you know, answering texts, whatever. And, um, get in the subway and, and, you know, we we're learning more about the things that have gone on throughout the day. And so, you know, you, you have a, a day where you were there and didn't really see anything happening, uh, or hear anything that was, uh, uh, you know, uh, didn't hear anything that, that I would consider insightful, but, um, you know, throughout the day you're getting back, just kind of reviewing everything's going on, everything's happened. And, and, um, uh, you know, to be honest with you, it's upsetting to me. Like I'm sure it's upsetting to all of us. Uh, you know, uh, I've had been fortunate enough to travel different places and, and these are things that you expect not to see in our country. But, um, you know, we, we, how many know if we don't do our praying that a lot of things that we wouldn't expect to see in our country can happen if we don't stand guard and make sure that it doesn't. So I got in the car and we're driving. And once again, uh, we were going to drive about five hours and, uh, meet up with somebody, a friend of mine for dinner, um, uh, on the way out of town. And so on our way back and, uh, and, of course, I get in the car, and once again, everybody falls asleep on me. So that's great. So there was nobody to talk to but the Lord. And so, you know, how I many know he's good to talk to when there's nobody else to talk to? And, and I needed somebody to talk to to help me stay awake. And uh, so he and I were talking, and I really was just um, lamenting to the Lord, you know, just everything we'd seen through the day and, and just, uh, just, just the state of things that, that um, I think we can all agree, no matter what side we're on, when I say side run, we're not trying to draw sides between us, but now how do you view things? I think we would all agree that, that, that the state of things are not good in general. So having been in Washington and coming back, you know, I said, Lord, I just, was just lamenting about uh, the, the, the division in our country, the, the corruption that's in our country. And really, you know, above and beyond everything else, I want the will of God to be done. I want truth to prevail. You know, I want, uh, uh, I want uh, godliness to prevail. I want... I, want, I don't want people to be taken advantage of on any side. I, want, I don't want there being division in our nation. Of course, you know, I know the other side of it. The Bible says that, uh, uh, you know, that in the, in the last days that men will, uh, it'll be evil times and men will grow worse. And so we know that. But how many know that while we're here, things ought not go that direction because we're the church. Um, but I was just talking to the Lord about it. And he very clearly spoke up in my heart 
And he said to me, it's happening in Washington because it's happening in the church. He said, it's happening in Washington because it's happening in the church. And like I said, I wish pastor was here this morning. He could do a much better job of, of uh, the Sunday after something like this. And, and he doesn't like to do seasonal or topical message, but I felt like I had to address some things. But, you know, when the Lord tells you something like that, we ought to pay attention. And it wasn't, you know, somebody mumbling in their sleep. I know that the Lord spoke it to my heart. It's happening in Washington because it's happening in the church. You know, we have division in the church, and I'm not saying here necessarily that impact family church, but I will just say this, you know, as a whole, as a church, we've got to be aware of that we've not yet arrived. Even as a congregation, we're not everyone that we could be. We've not seen and gone everywhere that we can. God's got more for us. If Paul said, I'm going to forget those things that are behind and keep stretching forward, reaching for the things which are ahead, then we as individuals and as a church locally, we can continue to do that as well. And really, as we do it, then we help affect change and make sure that the body of Christ as a whole is doing that. And it's a constant thing that we're on, should be on guard and looking over and on watch for in our lives to make sure that there's not division in our own lives. You know, there's division in, in local areas, division in missions between churches, division in uh, 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 assignments to churches. Well, you know, what God has told us to do is better than what he's told you to do. And our calling is more important than your calling. How many know that stuff goes on? You know, one of the, the things that, uh, that uh, for young ministers, and it's weird that I can say the word young ministers at this point. I've been doing this for a while. Young, I'm still young. Younger ministers. Um, you know, when we went to Bible school, you know, I grew up in a, in a minister's home, and, and they started the church when I was six years old. I was five at Ramah, and uh, six years old when they started the church. You know, and you grow up in that. You just see things, hear things, and of course, my parents were regional directors, and other ministers would call them, and, and you'd see things, you hear things, and, and one of the things that um, is difficult for young ministers, and we saw this with people we met at Rama, and I'm sure Stephen and Rachel said that, would, would say the same thing, that, that they leave that, and they go into the ministry, and they see what goes on, even in the church world, and they can become quickly disillusioned by it. But the reason is because people are the same no matter where they are. People are the same. And, and, and really the reality is, you know, we want to reach people who have problems. And if, and if we have this idea that, that we're only going to reach those who've got their act together, the reality is none of us would be here. And so if we're going to have uh, effect change in people's lives and help them when there's problems, then we have to assume that there's going to be some issues that we get to work through, right? Really, it's, 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 uh, uh, it's naive to think otherwise, but that's the case. But you know, I've seen over the years, there's a lot of infighting between churches. One church feel like they're better than another. It's important we not yield to that. We have, we, and we'll talk in a minute, we have an ultimate mission from God, but we also have a, a specific mandate for our church. Acts 26, 16, we have a specific mandate for our church. It's our heavenly vision that God has given us. That doesn't mean that our vision should be somebody else's vision. Right? Just because the Lord spoke that to us doesn't mean he spoke it to somebody else. We trust that he's speaking what their vision is to them. And whether or not they hear it or not is up to them. Because it's not our vision, nor therefore it's not our responsibility. Now, it is our responsibility as believers to pray for one another. That's part of the all men and those who are in authority. We should be praying for other churches and leaders and the body of Christ. We should be doing that. But our responsibility is our mission what God has given us. One of the most dangerous things we can do is have an attitude or position of looking in somebody else's yard. Looking in somebody else's house, what, what are they doing, how are they doing it? Listen, 
things are done differently everywhere. And is it right? Is it different? Listen, if, it, if, if we don't have scripture and verse for it, it should be none of our business. That, that's, that's, you know, that's my opinion. <laughs> if, it, if, it's, if we don't have scripture and verse for it, it's really none of our business. None of our business. None of my business. It should not be any of our business. You know, it, when we make it our business, then we're, we're, we're getting in a position of responsibility, hijacked responsibility that we don't, we don't want because we're forcing our way into something that we shouldn't. We, we, ought to, we ought to stay out of things and believe God for others. Folks, this is important. It's great to love your church, but I'm also thankful for the other churches. For years, you know, on, on uh, Wednesday nights next door, we, we would do this for years. We've kind of done it off and on over the years. We would take uh, the beginning of service, you know, and we probably need to do that again, you know. We've done this in seasons where we would lift up the other youth ministries and other churches in our area. And if you've been in our, in, come up in the last 17 years in the youth group next door, you've probably heard that or worked in there. We would lift up, you know, the Baptist church. We lift up the Methodist church. Why? Because I'm thankful for what they're doing. Not everybody's going to be reached by Impact Family Church. We don't have the ability to reach everybody. The reality is the harvest is so big, it's bigger than one church and one body. We need every part doing what God has called them to do to get the job done. And there are things that he has called us to stand for and to proclaim, and we have to do it. And if we don't do it, then the job can't get done. Our vision helps them do their vision. Their vision helps us do our vision, as long as these visions are from God, right? And it's important that we stand for what God has called us to do and thankful for what God has called them to do and believe God for one another. There ought to be unity and not division in the body of Christ. So much there is, there is, we've seen it over the years and I know you've heard it and probably you've experienced, uh, oh, you, you know, you want to come to church. No, I have a church. Well, just come to my church anyway. I think you really like it. I've had people do that to me and I'm on staff. I mean, come on guys. Like I can't go anywhere else. I don't know what you're talking about. I, this, I have a reserved seat on the front. I, I, if, they, if I'm not there, they're going to know it. You know, if I go somewhere else, they're going to know it. So we've probably all been there. How many know that's not ethical? I said, that's not ethical. Can I say it this way? Maybe a little more strongly. That's not godly. There's enough fish in the sea of the loss than the fish in the church and that church's next door's bathtub. They're in the process of cleaning them up, letting them, let them clean them up. Let's not fish in somebody else's bathtub. This stuff goes on and it ought not. You know, there's a way to love where God has called you, but also allow somebody else to be where God has called them. Because the minute you let that happen, then you begin to be able to see those that God is calling here that are nowhere. The ones that are lost and without a home, then you can start seeing the ones that God's actually calling to where you are and the ones that God is calling you to. I want you to know they're out there. Those people exist. No matter what the response is that you've gotten from people to this point, and this is important. You say, well, I've, I've, I've talked, I've invited, I've done all this stuff. We're losing sight. Just because you've talked to people and invited people doesn't mean there's not more that are out there. Well, no one's responding doesn't mean there's not people out there. Just means you got to look somewhere else. Means you got to pray a little different. Means you got to believe God a little different. But I tell you what, the, the, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Pray therefore the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Obviously, he wants the, the harvest to be reaped and he wants us to go. That means you're qualified and you're called to do it. There's no excuse for us to not be involved in it. Pastor Greg, you're doing a good job this morning. Amen.
I'll take it. I'll take it. We have a vision. We have a calling. Our assignment is important, but other people's assignments are important as well. There's divisions of pride, which is what it is. Our church is bigger than yours. I have one individual, a neighbor that moved in, and I went over and introduced myself, and they immediately told me how big their church was and all that they're doing, and that's great, but I'm, I just want to know what your name is. I live next door to you. Our kids are going to be playing together. You know, well, what's your name? And, but, you know, we've all been there before. I mean, those things don't engender unity. We have a common salvation. We have a common Holy Spirit. We have a common inheritance. The things that we have in common are greater than than our differences of opinions in any area. They're greater than any of that. We'll never agree on every single issue. Now, as a church or local body, you know, I, I was thinking, you know, traveling ministers, boy, they get the luxury of, of getting to teach on certain topics. You know, in local churches, you, you have to teach on everything. You teach on all kinds of stuff, and, you, and you're required to. You're t- required to teach on all kinds of And sometimes there are things that are a little difficult. And like I said earlier, pastors make mistakes. Not saying they do, not saying they don't. I'm just saying it's possible, right? I'm not saying any mistakes have been made. I'm just saying it happens. But, you know, there's always going to be differences of opinions on individual issues, how people interpret Scripture, all all of this stuff. It's going to happen. But we do have a common salvation that should be no disagreement on. Jesus came. He died, was raised again. The Holy Spirit was given to us. We have an inheritance. All of these things, they're ours. And so it's important we not let division enter in to the church. Mark, uh, Jesus said in Mark chapter 3, the 25th verse, and I'll just read it to you. It said, a house, a, house is divided against, a house that's divided against itself, that house cannot stand. We cannot allow there to be division. And that really goes in between other, other houses, local houses. We ought to endeavor to walk in love and walk in peace with everybody. Amen. Go through to Second Chronicles, the second chapter. Second Chronicles chapter 2. Like I said, these are just some things that the, the Lord talked to me as I drove those five, five hours in utter silence in the car, except for the occasional snort and snore of various people who were in the car. But it's 2 Chronicles chapter 7 in the 12th verse. 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verse says, then the Lord appeared to Solomon by night. And I know that we know these scriptures, but I want to look at this. Solomon, the Lord appeared to Solomon by night and said to him, I have heard your prayers and I've chosen this place for myself as a house of sacrifice. There, verse 13, when I shut up heavens and there is no rain or command the locusts to devour the land or send pestilence among my people. Verse 14, if my people who are called by my name. Now, he's not talking to anybody else but us. Now, here he was talking about the children of Israel, but how many of this applies to we're his people, we're his chosen people, his, his anointed people, his special people, his own special people, even though we're not special, we are special, right? He said, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves, humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. Then he went on verse 15, now my eyes will be open and my ears attentive to the prayers made into this place, made in this place. But notice he's talking to his people of my people who are called by my name. Well, what? Number one, humble themselves, pray and seek my face and 
turn from their wicked ways. Notice those ands mean in conjunction with. They were not afters or in results of when you've done one, now do the next. They're ands. I mean, all together. When, when Amy and I go somewhere, we go together. When our family, we went out and ate uh, uh, whatever night that was, Friday night, it was our family. It was Greg, Amy, Jack, Nate, and Mia. We went together. We sat down together. It's what we did. Well, he's talking to, to, to them and said, all of these things have got to happen. He said that if they'll humble themselves. How I many know God gives grace to the proud, but resist, or gives grace to the proud. He resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. That's a dyslexic Bible quoting. I tell you what, you've heard it all, right? No, he doesn't give grace to the proud. He, he resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. So humbling ourselves is important. Pray and seek my face. It's not that God is hiding from us, but we do have to seek his will out because other will is all around us. We've got to seek these things out. And he said, and in conjunction, turn from their wicked ways. I think all of us would be um, not truthful. I just tore another page. Do y'all hear that scripture tear, that page tear? Oh, okay. So. I need to pray for my Bible to be read. I have a page that's fallen out. I need to get a new one. But anyway, I think we would all uh, be careful to say that we've got it all figured out. That we, all of us, that, that there's any of us here that have arrived. We're not there. And this scripture says if we'll humble ourselves, we'll pray and seek his face and turn from wicked ways. Now, sometimes people think wicked ways means something that's just abhorrent. A wicked way is anything that's just not in line with God's word. Something that's outside of what God has instructed us to do. It's time for believers and for the church to get this stuff out of us and out of who we are, out of our lives, out of our, we start with us. And that's who we're responsible for our particular lives. But our prayer is for our church families and the churches around us and the, the greater body of Christ. But it starts at home. It start, for Greg Anderson, it starts right here. That there are things in my life, if I'm going to be honest, like I would assume in your life, because if that's not the case in your life, you, I don't, I, I will really want your autograph, or maybe you need to repent for lying. I don't know, one of the two. But uh, we all have things to work on. And we've got to turn from these things. If it's happening in Washington, it's because it's happening in the church. If there's corruption, if there's division in Washington, it's because there's too much of it in the church. I'm not saying you're necessarily responsible, but I think we all would agree our standard of obedience must go up. It must increase. We're not doing it to please man. We're doing it to please God and to fall in line with the word of God because what we do sets the tone for everything else that goes on around us. The dark ages happened historically because the church got dark. That's why these things happened. Nations have fallen because the church fell first. I'm not saying everybody fell, but as a whole, their representation and their presence wasn't what it should have been. And that generally happens as a slow and general weakening, weakening of things. We cannot afford to let that, to hap- let that happen. Like I said, I'm not speaking to anybody in, in personally. I'm speaking to myself. I'm speaking to all of us. We must resist this. He said that if we would do it, 
If we would do these things, humble ourselves, pray, seek his face, turn from those wicked, our wicked ways, things that don't line up with his word, he will hear from heaven and forgive their sins and forgive their land. All ands, all together, all in response to our obedience. The word is true. God's word is true. It's not that difficult, but it does require us to crucify our flesh and to be willing to say, no matter what, I'm going to put it at the altar. I'm going to put every opinion. I'm going to put every idea. Are you saying that because you think my opinion is wrong? I'm not talking to anybody. We're talking to us. I got opinions that need adjusting. You got opinions that need adjusting. Sometimes our opinions are based upon facts that we don't know are truth or not. Just because you weren't there doesn't mean you don't know anything. I don't, I, I said Nothing's happening. I was wrong. Something was happening. I just couldn't see it. It's the reality. We need not to be so, so like, I got this. Maybe we don't have as much as we think we have. But I do know who, who does have it. God's got it, amen? And I tell you, if we'll walk in the light that we have, there'll be more light. Well, how do we get there? Let's start doing what we know. Listen, if the church isn't doing what God's called them to do, if we're not endeavoring to live up to every single, every single thing, God, does God care about every single thing? Yes. Yes, he does care. Jesus walked. In order for Jesus to do what he did and to be who he was and accomplish what he did, he lived a perfect life. He never jaywalked once. He never got out of line one time. He never let his temper flare one time. He never once had a, had, was told to get up and seek God or to do something that he said, I'll do it later. Have we been there? The reality is this is where victory is won and lost. This is where the answer is. No, there's grace for us. I tell you, when our weakness, his grace is sufficient. I'm thankful for the grace of God. I'm thankful. But his grace is not permission. His grace is strength to do. His grace is the ability to overcome. There, there's, grace has been manipulated. It's not a washing over. It's the ability to be and to do what he's instructed us to do. And the scriptures tell us that no matter what the weakness is, his grace is sufficient. Not to wash over but to overcome. I tell you, it's so important. Go to James chapter four, James the fourth chapter. And I'm gonna be out of time, but, but I trust you're hearing me this morning. James the fourth chapter. The scripture I quoted a second ago. In reverse, but we'll, we'll read it the right way. It says, uh, but he gives more grace. Therefore, he says, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Therefore, submit yourselves to God. In light of the fact that, this is James 4, now we're in verse 7. In light of the fact that God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Therefore, submit to God. Therefore, in light of that, this is what you need to do. Resist the devil and in conjunction with, he will flee from you. Draw near to God, he'll draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts. You're like, well, he's talking to unbelievers. He was talking to the church. How many know unbelievers can't resist the devil? There's no resisting of the devil when you don't know when, when you're in his family. He's talking to believers. He said, and he said, cleanse your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts, you double-minded. Ooh, ouch, that hurts me, and I'm about you. 
Lament and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves in the sight of God and he will lift you up. The Lord said this to me in the car. He said, our submission empowers our resisting. It says, resist the devil and he'll flee. But notice it starts with submitting to God. Our submission empowers our resisting, which results in the enemy fleeing from us. If we don't resist, I mean, if we don't submit, we can't truly resist. And if we can't truly resist, then the enemy won't truly flee. Like I said, if it's going on in one level, so how do you know? How do you know what God told us? He told me, but he also tells us in his word, we're the salt and light. Pastor talked about this a few weeks ago. We've got to remember we're salt, we're light. Salt is a preservative and gives flavor. If God has called us to do it and to be it and said that's who you are, if he said it, then there's power behind it. And if things aren't being preserved and things aren't being flavored the right way, then there's got to be something wrong. It's not on God's end. It has to be on our end. Perhaps, let me just submit this for you, that we, myself included, maybe we've not submitted the way that we should. Maybe we've not obeyed the way that we should. It's so easy to point fingers, well, this one and that one, but what about right here? What about us? Every detail. Well, that's, that's a daunting task, Pastor Greg. It, it's, it's, it's a big task, but it's not daunting. Because why? In our weakness, he is strong. His grace is sufficient. Go with me to uh, Hebrews, the 12th chapter. You're there in James, Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews, the 12th chapter, this is in verse 14. He said, pursue peace with all people. Remember, people are not our problem, no matter what side of any issue they're on. Whether they like how you cut your grass or who you vote for or what you do, people aren't our problem. They're our mission. People are not our problem. They're our mission. The devil is our, is our adversary. He said to pursue pe- peace with all people and what? And holiness. Because without it, no one will see the Lord. If we want to see him, if we want to hear him, we have to pursue peace with all people. And while pursuing that, Pursue holiness. I say our pursuing peace with all people will cause people to be open to us. But it also will cause us to be obedient to God's word. And then we add holiness. We're, we're obeying. Then we'll see him. We'll hear him. We see him. The world sees him. Amen. Every detail matters. Every detail matters. I said every detail matters. Scripture says in James, we were reading earlier in James, the fourth chapter, and he gives grace to the proud, resists, gives grace to the proud. He resists the proud. I keep saying that. If you're listening online, we're not writing a new PG translation. He says, God resists the proud, gives grace to the humble. It goes on to say in the 17th verse, it says, therefore, to him who knows to do good and does not do it, to him it is sin. You know, our personal lives, our a lot of times people say, you know, pastors, just, they just harp on certain things. No, we, we, there are certain things that are good for the church, but all of it's good for us personally. I said all of it's good for us personally. Why? Because it's obedience. 
If we'll, if we'll willingly obey, he'll, he'll, he'll make us rich, right? He'll give us a full supply in every area of life. Well, every detail matters with what we do with our lives. Isn't this exciting this morning? I tell you, but it's the absolute truth. You want to get set free from whatever? I tell you, fall in love with Jesus. Fall in love with his word to the point that you want to do what he says more than anything else. Jesus said, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. And so we know how much we love him by what we keep. And I'm just encouraging this morning, keep it all so you can show you love him all. That you can walk it out, that you can live it out, that you can be who, that's how we be the people God has called us to be. That's how we are the church that God has called us to be. We're, we're, we're careful about the details. We're, we're, we care about those things. Let me just say, no excuse we give ourselves if, it doesn't li- if it's in contradiction with God's word on no matter what the area is, there is not an excuse for it in heaven. See, this is, this is exciting. This is the truth. We ought to be okay with this. You know, I heard over the last several, just kind of a side thought in the last few months, I've heard some amens about topics we've been talking about that people agree with. But I noticed, a couple times I've noticed, I've heard more amens in some areas than I do in our normal times together. You know what I'm saying? Like a pet thing, something that you agree with, something that's got you stirred up, you're passionate about, Amen. But then what about something else? Now, I know sometimes there's no amens because we're saying really oh me's on the inside. Ooh, ouch, ooh, 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 right. I mean, I've been there, right? It's a dangerous place to be in a spot where we amen and so be it. The things that we're passionate about, but really we reveal the fact that we're not passionate about other things. His word, everything that he said, everything that he commanded us to do, Every part of it. Are you trying to condemn me, Pastor Greg? No, I'm not. I'm trying to help you. I'm trying to help myself because I'm talking to me. All of these areas, time, resources, what we value, what we don't value, the, the words that come out of our mouth, all of this stuff, it matters. And we ought to be passionate about those things. So we ought to be passionate about those things. There ought to be an amen, even if it's followed, even if it's preceded by an oh me. Oh me, amen, right? Oh me, that hurts, but so be it. Let it be. I tell you, that's how it's going to be in my life. I'm making a declaration. Yes, I agree, and not in word only. My heart's behind it. And I tell you what, guarantee my actions are following as well. I'm going to back it up. Until we can do that, that's, that's a part of the submitting. That's a part of the humbling. Well, but you know, this thing, when we have these, yeah, but I see it this way, that means we're not humble. And you might say, I'm not talking about any, I'm not, I'm just saying in general, no matter what it is. Thank you, Veronica. We have a focus. We have a focus. It's 11.58, we'll stop. We have a first love, and his name is Jesus. Even in election years, we we maintain a first love, and his name is J-E-S-U-S. Right? The name which is above every name, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, the one who came and redeemed us all, we have a first love. Matthew 22 said, You will love the Lord your God with all your heart, 
with all your soul and with all your mind, with every part of who you are, you'll love the Lord your God. How do we know when we love something? Because our actions follow. Jesus said, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. Love is not empty words. It is action. It is a heart, but then it is a position of who you are in every part of you. That's what love is. Will there be things we disagree on? Absolutely. But we should never disagree on. Our first love is Jesus, and that's what binds us together day in and day out. The love of Christ has been shed abroad in our hearts. I will not deny that. I will yield to that. I will let, I will let that direct my life. You don't agree with me on something? I still love you anyway. And I'm going to act like I love you anyway. I'm going to pray for you. And the same time, I'll pray for myself. If there's something I need to see differently, help me see it. Because that's really what humbling before ourselves for God is. We have to realize, hey, we don't have it all figured out. Talking to all of us, myself included. We have to live in the Spirit. Ephesians 5 says in verse 15, you can write it down, I'll read it to you. It's short on time. It says, see then that you walk circumspectly, walk carefully. Not as fools, but as wise. Verse 16, redeeming the time. I tell you what, time is the one thing we don't get back. You can make a bad investment, you can make it back. You can do a lot of things and get it corrected. Time, you never get back. He said, redeeming the time for the days are evil. important we not love this life more than we should. They're evil days we're living in. I tell you, I'm glad to be here. I'm so glad that God allowed me to be here when I am. Even all the nonsense that's going on, I'm glad. I'm glad I'm here. I'm glad, I'm glad he didn't send me here 300 years ago because they didn't have AC. I am glad to be here. But if we lose it tomorrow, I'm still going to be glad to be here. Sometimes we love life more than we love him because we show it by our priorities, our time. He said, redeem the time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be unwise. Let's not be what we've all done before. Let's endeavor not to do that. But understand what the will of the Lord is. And don't be drunk with wine, which is dissipation. You know, that doesn't just talk about just alcohol. That means things that would, that would intoxicate when somebody's intoxicated, their, their vision isn't correct. Their decision-making is hampered. Ungodliness, the thoughts and attitudes of this world, they can cause us to not see things correctly. They can skew our view. Are you saying, PG, you got it all? No, I don't, but we ought to be on, 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 on watch to not, be, not to be drunk with anything. Not even our own opinions. Lay it at the feet of Jesus. It's his. Correct whatever you want to correct, right? But how do we do that? How do, how do we live this way? He said, be filled with the Spirit. Be filled with the Spirit. How? Speaking to one another, psalms, hymns, spiritual songs. Yeah, we have a responsibility to each other. Making and singing, making melody in your hearts. We have a personal responsibility to the Lord. Giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Submitting to one another in the fear of God. Living free from sin is vital. Presenting Jesus is vital. That's got to be our focus. There are a lot of things to focus on. And I'm not saying we don't focus on the things. There are seasons, things get highlighted. I'm all for it. 
But I tell you what, our highlighting of those other areas will stay on course when our life's presentation is on track. Our hearts are on track. We're living by the Spirit. We're living free from sin. We're living as a walking, breathing example of the one who died for us. All of those other things that are necessary to discuss and to talk about and to pray about, all of those things, they'll fall in line because our priorities are right. Wasn't able to get to some things this morning. I hope you, you, you're okay with me this morning. If not, I tried my best, but I do know this. We're going to make it. No matter what happens, we're going to make it. If you came in this morning wondering, don't, you don't need to wonder. God's good. God still loves you. Was I right? Was I wrong? Who cares? God's still good. He'll, he'll just ask him and be willing to hear him. He'll tell you. He's good that way. We'll survive personally. The body of Christ will survive. Why? Because we're the triumphant church. Our victory's already been won. It's been won. It's, it's been done. He's already led captivity captive. He's already done it. He's already taken the keys of death, hell, and the grave. They're, they're his. He's given them to us. We're, in, we're holding them right now. The devil can't take them back from us because they still belong to him. I will encourage you on this as well. Continue to watch your words. The days, weeks, months ahead, years ahead, our lifetime. Watch our words. Let's not plant a harvest that we don't want to reap. No matter how desperate you may, you may feel, don't plant something you don't want to reap. I will say this. We were created for such a time as this. Amen. That's why I'm glad to be here because the grace, the ability for my life is tied to this season. To this day, to the time that I'm here, until either I pass on and go on to be with the Lord and somebody else takes the ranks or Jesus parts the sky, the grace for me to be here, is, it's on me and it's on you. We have nothing to fear. If we're doing all the things we talked about, just doing what the Word of God says, we have nothing to fear. We were made for this. I've heard people, oh, I tell you, I'm fearful for my kids. I'm not, I'm not fearful for my kids. I'm not fearful for our future. Why? Because we were made for this. Whatever the challenges arise, and this has been true every generation, if you'll take your place, whatever challenges that arise, God will see you through. At Impact Family Church, it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the Word of God. We have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching. If you are going to be in the North Central Florida area and are interested in attending our services or just want more information about us, you can visit us online at www.impactfamilychurch.com.